0: Perfect. Welcome to call to create a safe place for artists who love and live for Jesus Christ to share and find encouragement. I'm your host, Siobhan Lesser. Today, we are joined by Hilary DeShane. Hi, friends. (laughs) Hilary is an accomplished author and amazing writer. And we are going to ask her a few questions about how her writing brings her closer to God. So without further ado, is there anything you'd like to share?
1: Uh, no, I'm I'm really honored and thrilled to be here, and I love talking to and with writers and artistics and creatives of of faith. We're a we're a strong community, and we should support each other. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a few
0: questions, and we definitely want to hear more about your new book coming okay. out as well. So, how does art
1: allow you to express your faith? Um, gosh, <laughs> a big question. Many many. Uh, many ways. Uh, I would say that um, we are created uniquely each of us as individuals and we're created by a creative God. So artistic talent is uh, maybe you could call it a family resemblance to our uh, heavenly father. It just so happens that um, he tapped me with the writing wand from early my earliest memory was um scribbling on a pad trying to imitate cursive writing then holding it up to my mom and saying mom did I write anything (laughs) so so that that came out early um I didn't become a believer until I was um I was a late bloomer I was in my 40s and gradually um uh, the Lord and I wrestled through what I was writing. I came out of uh, uh, secular romance, and early on we had a uh, quite a discussion about that, about what was honoring to Him and the and the the fullest and most fruitful use of my talent, and how it could be a blessing to others and to the kingdom. So that's a a very long answer to. All of it is um, helps me express my faith. And I get to meet so mm. many people, readers and other creatives. I wouldn't, if he hadn't taken me into this line of work. That's awesome. Do you feel like your artistic expression has grown in
0: new ways you hadn't anticipated since meeting Jesus?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's grown and, and diverted. So um, uh, I had, I started uh, as I mentioned um, in in romance in uh, ABA romance uh, specifically historical romance I grew up in the era of uh, sweet savage love if anybody if any of you have ever read uh, Rosemary Rogers or Kathleen Woodiwiss, the flame and the flower was um, the Bigfoot you're talking about the 70s those two women practically created that category that sold millions of books, and so I was writing in that style, and I agented uh, very early within the first year of being a a writer. Uh, I agented, and my agent at the time told me, and I wasn't writing explicit, but I was writing to market, which Mm -hmm. involved bedroom scenes, and my agent at the time, who worked primarily in the CBA, the Christian Booksellers Association, but also did ABA uh, warn me and this was back in, in the 90s and said, be aware that um, uh, the explicit level, what they call spice or steam mm-hmm. now uh, is getting more and more prevalent and you will be given a um, publisher rubric and it will say what kind of sex and on what page wow. and it must be there. And um, even when I wasn't believer, I I, I wasn't okay with that. Mm-hmm. And when I became a believer, um, that was a, a process of development and just the Lord not beating me over the head, but it was more like, what is uplifting uh, to your readership, regardless of whether they're believers or not? Right. Uh, what is what is fruitful? What is profitable? What builds up women? Because mm-hmm. I'm a fiction writer. I write cozies now. The vast majority of my, my readership is women. Um, What would you write that is beneficial for your mother, your sister, Mm. your daughter, your friends? And um, so I ended up going into cozy mystery, which uh, by definition is clean. However, um, Uh, The World of Flesh and the Devil is very definitely making Mm -hmm. strong inroads into that market. But there's a a strong number of authors that are still holding the ground as a cozy being a safe place for people who want great writing, uh, but still want to read wholesome, Mm -hmm. Uh, never mind the murders. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the Lord all along had had me working in children related ministries, which is kind of weird to seem weird to me because I don't have um, children wife for children, <laughs> but he had me doing that. So I use my writing talent for the children's ministry. And in the last year or so, he's been, uh, led me into writing uh, middle grade. Wow. Totally outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, very definitely putting me back on, um, stepping out in faith and asking him for guidance every step of the way. So it's an adventure. It is. And the neat thing is, you know, you're creating things that you could literally uh, God honoring uh, writing, whether it's uh, fiction, nonfiction or journalism. I, I've been a working journalist for 20 odd years. We can write about it all mm-hmm. and we can write about it in a way that informs people, that is written well mechanically it draws you in right. it's emotionally engaging there's no subject we can't touch because the bible certainly isn't shy about anything right right yeah. <laughs> I, I you know if you, you think about the subjects that are discussed in the plain frank language mm-hmm. uh, if it had just been published 30 years ago i goodness we we'd be pearl clutching <laughs> so the, the the slam that's being used now is uh, all of us must write explicit sex mm-hmm. and must use explicit language on every page because that's real life and that's what writers are readers are used to well aren't we're called to show that there's a difference we're called yes. to be a light um and if we don't show That even in in entertainment, Mm -hmm. if we don't show that there's a better way to do things, then how will people know? So so for someone to tell me, you must write um, uh, something, you know, name a category. I must write something. I must show sex on the page or readers won't buy it. I totally disagree. I think there's still a market out there. Uh, RWA, uh, Romance Writers of America, which at one point in their history was the the best and biggest advocacy uh, group in our profession, did a survey. And this probably goes back now to the late 90s. And they discovered that many of their readership, a sizable percentage we're going to uh, writers who were labeled Christian fiction writers, mm-hmm. not because the reader was necessarily identifying as being Christian. They specifically answered the survey and said, we're going there because we're tired of buying a 350 page novel and flipping through 25% of it because we don't re- want to read some up.
0: Right. Right.
1: And I don't think, so that cohort of readers that was- probably-
0: You know, uh, you and I even discussed, you look at the greats of literature. Mm-hmm. What is celebrated as, you know, still today, you know, mm-hmm. Jane Austen, mm-hmm. the Sherlock Holmes series. Mm-hmm. Where's the sex in any of those? That, exactly. You know, where's the smut? It's not there. And the idea that
1: we have to include that to mm-hmm. sell. Well, I think, it, and, and in some ways, I, I think it comes down to it's cheap and easy. Yeah, I don't have to work as hard um, to show the relationship between a man and a woman, no matter the quality. Mm-hmm. If I just if I just write a, a sex scene, I don't have to work at my craft to write um, the dialogue or the plot workings that allow you that allow my reader to discover what the relationship is Mm -hmm. which is actually more real life and and i think is more satisfying to the reader absolutely
0: i'm glad you touched on that because i i think a lot of writers especially people who are just getting into it young people especially they're bombarded constantly every Mm -hmm. single day with this is what's expected. Mm-hmm. It's in all the art. Mm-hmm. So for us as people who love Christ and want to edify not just mm-hmm. ourselves, but mm-hmm. show that his relationship, our relationship with him has made everything about our lives, beautiful and pure and holy. Yes. So to create art that reflects that holiness mm-hmm. means we do have the choice and really the honor to not write explicit sex scenes, to not include those things. Because I, I think we, like you said, we show people there is a better way.
1: Yeah. If, if we're not different, mm-hmm. or um, in England in the 50s and 60s, the resurgence of Christianity was called the Peculiar People <laughs> movement. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, I grasp onto that. I am peculiar. Uh, if we're going to be we're called to be out of step with the world. Mm-hmm. If we can't be distinguished from the world, and I'm talking about in, in in our society where we're not going to be beaten and, and thrown in prison, although arguably countries where Christians suffer persecution, they're really putting it on the line to, to walk their talk. Mm-hmm. But if, if we don't, look different from the world then why would the world listen to us because then we're just the latest self-help group
0: right we we have nothing new to give them nothing mm-hmm. we have is effective if we so. don't show them that better way if we don't actually live that beautiful life mm-hmm. in christ yep. we really we have nothing
1: to offer yep yeah, i agree and um you talked about to go back to um talking to Newer writers or younger writers or both who are told that this is, these are standards that they must adhere to. And now by now what I mean is character development, uh, sensuality language. I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the art of fine communication. Um, And, and usually what's held over you is you'll never get a book deal. You'll never get an, an agent, and you'll never sell a book, right? Well, you know it only takes one. Mm-hmm. and um, but that's applying the world's standards. That's saying that um, I'm going to place more faith in what they say, mm-hmm. what the world says, than what um, the creator of space and time. The the God who created me individually and keeps the world running, I, I'm I'm gonna put his uh, his ways and his advice and his ways of of doing things second. Mm. Well, isn't that I became a Christian to put him first?
0: Right. Well, and you know, and we're saying we value the world's definition of success versus yeah. God's definition of success.
1: Yeah, that that that's a really great point, and I'm gl- gl- I'm. Glad you brought it up. Yes, the success we learn to have a very different paradigm of what success is, and it doesn't mean that it can't include financial success Mm -hmm. or or public acclaim and acclamation. But it doesn't. That isn't necessarily in his plans, right? We we we're oftentimes we're wanty, we're not needy, right? (laughs) It's good. It's either. Mm what I said no to child is not best for you or for someone else mm-hmm. in your orbit, or I have something better right for you. And so the definition of success, I mean, let's face it in, in writing, if you are writing for publication, um, there's your satisfaction and your definition, the definition of success has got to be internal because yes it's like it's like the odds in acting mm-hmm. uh don't they say in sag and after a 90 over 90 percent of card-carrying actors these are people who have been in enough roles that you would have seen them in mm-hmm. never make their living at right. acting and it's worse in writing because we're producing i think the last figure was i don't know how many millions of books mm-hmm. are put out every year and so for every jk rowling everyone you see on the usa today bestseller list is a, un- is a double unicorn.
0: Yes, it's so true.
1: <laughs> right, now you, you can make a living from writing. Journalism is fabulous. Copywriting is great, all that. But if we're talking about fiction, mm-hmm. basically uh, you're not going to make a huge amount of money. So when people dangle this, you need to set aside the standards that God has laid out in the Bible and the standards that for thousands of years we have found have led to healthier, happier, more successful lives that touch others in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And someone says, well, if you just have um, more sacks in your book, you know, you'll be successful. I don't want that kind of success. Right. I, I would not have a clean
0: conscience because it's just, you know, like I, like we talked about earlier, I couldn't say, I'd be okay with Jesus reading this. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm creating art that has, you know, for me, it's my calling. It's, you know, mm-hmm. as just like for you, it's, it's a mission. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, God has called us to create, to give people an escape, to mm-hmm. give them a moment away from all the craziness that life is. Yep. And if we can do that in a way that honors God,
1: to me, isn't that are you? What are you giving to your reader. Mm. So when you think about it, your reader gives you an incredibly precious gift. Yes. Your reader is allowing you to get in her head, mm-hmm. she's giving you headspace. And aren't we called to love God and love others as we love ourselves? Right. So if I'm taking the easy way to success or easier, mm-hmm. okay, that's. Am I not in some way, if I identify myself as a Christian Mm -hmm. and want to place um, Christ at the center of my life and honor God with all I do, if I'm willing to compromise the product that I offer my reader, am I obeying Christ in the most fundamental uh, command, the, the way Jesus broke down? Right. Love God and love Others, right? And if I'm giving knowingly giving others something that I wouldn't consume myself, mm-hmm. what does that say, right, about how I'm living my faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost a
0: do as I say, not as I do.
1: Perfect. Yes,
0: it's right. And all of us hate hearing that,
1: but but it's true. I, I mean, so the the <clears throat> The common wisdom is that no, no matter how great a parent you are, and how good you are at teaching values, they say what that that good good morals and behaviors are more caught by the child than taught. Mm-hmm. So, doesn't that kind of put us in the same right area or a an analogous relationship with our readers for what we're putting out there? Mm-hmm. And, and if it doesn't show that the real life Christian living as creatives. Right. Then then we're, I think we're failing.
0: Yeah. Because it's it's kind of hypocrisy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm so glad you touched on that because I know there are so many. We both know there are so many writers who are being asked to do these things, asked to... Even write, you know, articles for magazines that are like, I don't want anything in there. But they're being asked to, it's, it's just an article. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're just, you don't even have to sign your real name. It's like, but you know what you're doing, you know, you're stepping out, you're doing things that
1: really and, aren't okay. And you have to, I have to lie down in the dark uh, at night and close my eyes and I'm alone with God. And, yeah. um, you know I, I have to I have to uh, confess that. I know mm-hmm. it. he knows it. Um, and and you know, I don't want I don't want to sound like it's no big deal. You just write, you know with there's no consequences. So I um, have been uh, commissioned with a a new project, and I had my first editorial meeting yesterday, and there was a suggestion. I, I may have blown the commission. Mm. I, I, I'm kind of half expecting a thank you. We love your work, but you know, we decided to go another way. Right. And the commission means a lot to me. It's a huge stepping stone in my career. Uh, I've got another one behind it that I was using this um, to, to be a little bit of a a, a test bed and to show as proof of my ability. Right. So there's real life consequences.
0: Oh, absolutely. To it.
1: And um, nobody likes to be called um, a prude or outdated or even worse. It's better to be called that. What's worse is when people just think it and then they don't call you right for work Right, and that happens.
0: But I, at the same time, we, you know, I love that you stood up for that because you were proving once again, if we're faithful in the small things, then he knows we'll be faithful in the big things. So it's, you know, perhaps lost commission yes but
1: your integrity is intact that's I, I think sometimes there was a lot of prayer in the car I call my car the rolling prayer closet I like that that's <laughs> oh, good. yeah if, I could, if my car could talk yeah mm, um, no, so so there are definitely consequences and <clears throat> I don't want to make it sound like oh I'm you know the crusader and I always I always make that. Judgment. I've bobbled lots of times and I do a lot of public speaking and I have definitely been guilty of maybe soft peddling a point mm. to a secular audience that I, I could have been uh boulder on thinking uh, I want to, you know, continue with that gig. Um, and all I can do is, is uh, confess it and ask the Lord to uh, not only give me strength, uh, to walk the walk, but also to give me the tools to be winsome, yeah, right. You you want because we want to entice, we want to tell people, Come on, this is the best way, this is the best life right. to live. I, I'm not going to convince anyone
0: every time. <laughs> so, I do want to ask, What do you learn about God when you're writing?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's incredibly patient and long suffering, I <laughs> guess He is. Okay, so you know the story, the footstep story, right? About, you know, I I, I dream I'm at the beach mm-hmm. and I see two footprints walking along, and at one point one set of footprints disappears, and I say, Lord, how come you left me then? And God goes, Oh, my entirely beloved child, it's then that I carried you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, for a lot of people, that's great. Mine has the footsteps and a furrow. <laughs> Because that's where God's dragging me along and there's punctuations and I'm going like this. Mm-hmm. Or um, I almost named my publishing company Broken Barrow, oh. which is so imagine. It, so if you ever do, uh, you know, any building or, or projects around the house or we probably all grew up. Um, uh, our dad or our granddad had an old wheelbarrow. And it had old concrete kind of stuck to the bottom mm-hmm. and the tire was now flat. And even though you aired it up every time, it really didn't, you know, it'd go down mm-hmm. and the, and the whale barrel on its own weighed a ton. And so when you try to use it, you've got, you only need that one last load of firewood. That's it. Yeah. You put it in there and it's like, and it squeaks and screams. <laughs> and the, the front part of the yoke digs in and you again, I shove it on. Okay. So that's, that's, me, I call it the, the <laughs> Lord is my boss and he, he can't even drag me That's, you know I'm I'm shoving um he's having to shove me along. Digging Squared your heels, heels digging in. my yeah. heels complaining. So what about um so the thing that I have learned that's most amazing and that um keeps me even ever more excited uh is the intimacy mm. that is possible when you are working with God, using your your creativity, creativity, when you're working, when you know you're kind of narrowed in on the path He wants you to walk. Mm-hmm. So I have this image of I work at a at a vintage table and basically in the middle of the room. so you could put a chair on either side. Oh wow and I get this sense of I sit down to write and I'm I'm really in the group and he pulls up a chair on the other side of the desk and he just sits down and says, okay, now we're ready to work. How about this idea? How about that idea? He's a partner, yeah, and think about I mean we we talk about that Jesus did not consider it robbery um, you know to take on humanity to leave empty himself of his of his Godhood. Well, think about the Lord uh not even doing something as incredibly complex and majestic as the salvation of mankind mm-hmm. it's just me this little schmutz <laughs> on the planet doing my one little piece of writing but i'm using the gift he gave me and i'm i'm deliberately doing it uh in a i want to be god honoring yeah. and he's like i got you i'm with you let's go wow. um that sense of communion. Mm -hmm. the deepening of the relationship and he's an incredible writer. He always shows up. Yeah. Every time I set out, uh, particularly when I, when I do, when I draft my talks um, for the various lectures I give, I always will uh, pray, Lord, I want, this is a secular audience. It's a platform I would never have if it weren't for you guiding my career. I want to present you, please show me where. And it may be in draft two, three, or four. And then bang, the idea will come. And mm-hmm. it's you can tell it's him. Yeah. Editing or working with me. And so I don't know where else I would experience those moments of transcendence and joy and intimacy mm-hmm. with my creator if it weren't for using my creativity in his honor with him.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. It's neat how he is so faithful. Just show up every single time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You say use me. He never
0: leaves a tool unused. It's really true. And it's amazing. He can literally use every area of our lives. All useful to him and yes. it can all glorify him, which yeah. is great. Now, what are some hurdles of discouragement you've run into? I feel like we've talked about that a little bit with this commission but um what are some hurdles you run into of discouragement and how do you overcome
1: them um well uh gosh so the you know i'm i'm looking at about 20 years Mm -hmm. of of working as a writer um uh full-time or or you know, earning my substantial portion of my living in it. So you you develop a callus, right? (laughs) Uh, When you, uh, when you're edited by, uh, or you, you send uh, an article off to uh, a periodical, they're not your friend. They're not Mm -hmm. your mom. They just know what they need and uh, they're not going to coddle you, but you need that. You need that. forging and shaping and yeah. teaching so you develop a certain you've got to learn to accept criticism uh and and you learn to develop uh a nose for what is valid and helpful criticism and what is more like personal opinion yeah and you you waited um appropriately uh however so early in my career discouragements yes there's been quite a few um I think I mentioned I agented uh, early mm-hmm. in my career. And so I went off to a conference uh, here in California, and it was a very well known conference, an annual conference, been running for a long time, fairly prestigious. And I was the flavor of the year. Nice. I went with my agent. We were, uh, my agent had. You know, a conference room. We all went around, around like a little pride of lions. I'm like, Ooh, those are the people from X and So Agency. And I was being talked up, and yeah, it was kind of nice stuff. And the next year, um, three years later, uh, I go to this conference and I'm, you know, kind of an OG at this point. Mm-hmm. And this conference had a wonderful. Uh, element where you could blind submit, before the conference started, like 10 pages of a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And you'd get critiqued by um, leading uh, agents, acquiring editors, um, you know, people, people who, if they liked you, could be genuinely helpful to you. So I had a new uh, novel that uh, had been Better read. Uh, people seem to like it, and it was on a very on-market um, theme and setting. And I get the manuscript back, and it says um, you need to get remedial help. <gasps> and oh, and and I, I yeah, I was I was pretty stunned. So, uh, it you know, in other words, someone was saying you can't, you can't write. Mm -hmm. And I was also a working journalist, this was fiction we were talking about. So I I had had national editors, they were people were buying my stuff. So I knew I could string a sentence together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came home from the conference, I walked in the door, my husband looked at me and said, Oh, my God, what happened? He said, it's just my and, and I, and I remember what I prayed, I prayed, God, did I totally misunderstand you? Mm
0: -hmm. I thought you
1: said I was a writer." Yeah. I thought you said I was a Christian writer. Um, I did what I thought you were telling me to do. If, if I got it wrong, please, please tell me mm-hmm. I will do whatever you tell me to. I will leave this. I will never write again. I will become a plumber, whatever. If I misunderstood, just, you know, uh, uh, tell me. And, uh, and, and basically, the one thing I said is, whatever you do, whatever you ask me, I will do. Yeah. I just, I was a new enough believer. I, did. you know, I didn't have much theology. I just said, you say it, I'll do it. Right. And man, things began to move for me. Uh, long story short, I, I, um, I fired my agent and I hired God as my agent. Well, that's a good decision. Best thing I ever did. Wow. He uh, would. Would I potentially? Potentially. One never knows. Would I potentially have sold uh, uh, more books, had a traditional career? Um, Yeah, maybe. Uh, Would I have developed as a writer the way I have? No. Um, Would I have the opportunities, the platform that he has opened doors for? No. Mm -hmm. And would I have the relationship I have with him and, and the satisfaction on my best days? You know, I work for the, for hearing well done, good and faithful servant, enter right. into the joy of the Lord. That's, yeah. So that was, that was quite a set setback. The other one is really funny. And you know, you're a veteran writer when you've heard this, I don't understand how, why it's taking you so long to, to, oh um, to publish your book. You know what? My wife's hairdresser's <laughs> granddaughter, she's 12 and she just got her book published. Do you want me to have her call you and tell you how to do it? Oh my gosh. It's so true. True
0: story. It is so painful too. You're just I, just, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to do what Jesus told me to do. That's all I want to
1: do. Yeah. Is, oh, you just write cozies. St- have you ever considered writing something, you know, really valuable, like devotionals? Oh my goodness. Again, people don't know. And now, like I said, you, you know, you get old enough and you've, been in the battle long enough. You also learn. I have no problem saying, you know, the, par- the whole parable of the talents. If they're a believer, you can tell them. If if not, I just flat out say, I'm not that talented. <laughs> I write. The- I have a little talent. I write my little cozies, but people enjoy them, right?
0: Well, and it's one of the things that gets me when people say, "Oh, you just do this," because of course people just like, yeah you oh, you just write little books or whatnot. Yeah. it's like um. If I'm doing it for the God, if I'm doing it for the God of the universe, there is no just, it's not little. It's his calling, which means it's, there's nothing small about it. This is not a small sacrifice. This is me living out my faith the way he has called me to, which means we're succeeding. Yeah.
1: You know, (laughs) I, I totally agree. If, if God has assigned you the work, no matter how small it is, it's worthy work because it matters to him. And if it matters to him, it matters to me. And, you know, I I, I think that says more about this bit. Mostly it's funny. I, yeah. you, you just have to learn to shrug it off or use it. A lot of times it's the beginning of a conversation. Yes. And you know what? If someone will at least say that, that's an opening for you. Because we don't sell books so much. As we sell ourselves. Yes. People really do want to develop a relationship with the writer or Mm -hmm. feel like that, or feel like they, they know who's writing the the book. And if, if someone says, Oh, you write books, that's nice. And they leave. What am I going to do with that? Right. But if you say something like the, the granddaughter thing, you cared enough. You're right. To, to enter in discussion. And I can say, well, let me tell you, I have written and published books. Let me tell you how it happened, but I want to know more about the 12-year-old. That's is she still right? right? You know what? It's a connection. It is.
0: Don't pass that up. And it's what I find the most meaningful connections are those interpersonal ones. They don't have anything to do with money. They don't have anything to do with advance, you know, advancing one's career, no. selling more books. It's just tell me about your grandkid. Exactly. Tell me about this 12-year-old. Yeah. You know, because it shows them that you care. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what God does with us so much. Yes. You know, absolutely. He takes that
1: time to say, okay, no, like tell me about your day. That absolute. Well, and so to riff on that, the person who kind of says, says that kind of offhand comment, that person may not necessarily be your writer Mm -hmm. or reader. Sorry. But maybe his grandchild is maybe his wife is maybe his coworker is. And so, you can say, "Well, sounds like you're interested in books. What do you like to read?" Yeah. Uh, hey, they they may I may have a book re- recommendation for them, right? I, we're we're not selling cars, right? right? I'm not in competition with other writers. If if you sell BMWs and I sell Lexuses, and this person in front of us says, well, I'm kind of thinking about getting a car. Most people don't buy a sack of cars. Right. <laughs> right. We're a <in> direct competition. <laughs> but with books, particularly um, genre fiction, which is which is me, Cozy's, people are known for reading multiple books at a time. Mm-hmm. They buy sacks of books. So yep. I can say, yeah, I write that. And if you don't like cozy mysteries, my gosh, my girlfriend here, let me tell you what she writes. No competition. Or if we're both in the same market, hey, we'll give you a deal on two or buy hers first, get mine on the read. No competition. And that's
0: one of the other beautiful things is when artists support each other, Mm -hmm. you create a stronger community, especially as Christians, we need each other Mm -hmm. because we all know what it's like to see someone put our work down to sell theirs. And that's tough. So when we get to support each other, it's a really beautiful thing. And it once we're investing in each other. So I love that. Um, now what scripture encourages you as a writer?
1: Oh, well, um, I, I really have learned to love reading scripture. So that's the start of my day. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I could say what I what I read yesterday. Um, but I, I do have a, a couple. So uh, one of them is regarding the, the work generally, is like apples of gold in settings of silver mm-hmm. is a word fitly spoken. <laughs> but when you think about, so the book of Leviticus, mm-hmm. so this is if you'd have any doubt that God is totally into art and creativity. Think about the chapter after chapter when he describes how he wants the tabernacle built mm-hmm. and the fruit and the candlesticks and the weaving and the colors. It's beautiful. Oh my goodness, yes. And he loved it. He, dwelt, um, he mm-hmm. condescended to dwell amongst his people there and he knew... That these craftsmen were using charcoal-fired furnaces, they weren't using modern twenty-first century smelting methods. He knew that these apples of gold and settings of silver were probably going to be um, crude. Help me with the artistic style, right?
0: It's uh, I.
1: I primitive
0: it of, style, yes, primitive, or as they say in a British Bake Off, rough and ready. <laughs>
1: rough and ready, exactly. He knew that. He never once said that wasn't good enough. Right. He just wanted us, the 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 Hebrews of that time, to to catch fire with the creativity, the joy of creating for for him. Mm-hmm. So that means that all of our efforts, if they're made, uh with love, he welcomes those efforts. He is not there with a big red pen going, no, no, no. So, so that's one scripture. And then the other one for both my work and, and especially my career in my life is, is Proverbs three, five and six, which many, many people have, or they bought the plaque, um, which is um, uh, trust the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding Mm. all your ways, commit to him and he will, he will direct your paths. And it's, um, Scary and true. Mm -hmm. Especially for artists. We have to cling to that because. Mm. Looks at his, the 12, Mm. and says, are you going to leave me too? And what does Peter say? And, you know, Peter's my bud. You know, I talk first and then think about it later. (laughs) Um, Always the wrong word at the wrong time. (laughs) And and what does Peter say? He says, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. And I just heard, I think it was david jeremiah on the radio talking about that passage and he gave he read it in a much more positive as a writer my writer's eye and ear says peter cut to the quick Mm -hmm. and got it absolutely right at least once where he said you're it we got nothing else but we recognize that Mm -hmm. and so no matter how rough life gets, right. no matter how many rejections, because the writer's life is like highs and lots of rejections. Yep. Um, th- there are times and, and you know, life does things to you aging just, and there are times that it's like, what, it, where else could I go? Right. He's it. There's nothing better. And I don't, Nothing I've ever read has ever said that God criticizes you when you were in your lowest point mm-hmm. and you say, I'm clinging to you because you're all I got. Right. And I love him for that.
0: It's true. I, there, when I go through tough times, one of the things I remind myself of is it's like an earthquake. Everything can get shaken to the ground, but if you've got Christ as your foundation, yeah. you're already standing on solid ground. You might be on your knees. But you are on solid ground, and you know so, it's not going anywhere.
1: He will never leave you or mm-hmm. forsake you. And and of what other thing or person or power agency can you say that? Right. So Yeah, I would have to say that's <laughs> And that makes him the best agent. You're right. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But he's persistent. Yes. He doesn't hold with procrastination. I get that.
0: That he does that, doesn't he? Like, hey, did you think about writing today? Did you do that today? Oh, I love when he gives you a good idea though, especially for writing, because then it's like then it's just sitting there in the back of your mind and it almost encourages you to get past that procrastination. Like you get excited to write again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, very much.
0: So now what encouragement would you offer other artists, whether they're struggling as a writer or they're new to it, or they're young and they're thinking, I'm I'm too young. How, who's going to read my work? Or I'm new at this. Who's going to read my stuff?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, wow. Huge stuff. So um, we are living in. So the first thing is, no matter where you are at, uh, you're young. You're too young. You're too old. You're uh, not educated enough. You're, you're too educated. You're too this or that. We are living in a great time. For writing mm-hmm. uh, with the advent of professional independent publishers mm-hmm. and any company any factory can only produce so many widgets right a season and if they only have space for a hundred publications this year they may love your book but if you're a hundred number 101 mm-hmm. there's just no room for you so so don't get uh, hung up on, uh, don't don't be defeated. Don't defeat yourself before you start by saying, okay, and even if I do this, I read all these numbers and it'll never happen. Well, it for sure won't happen if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is read, 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 read. Oh, yes. Educate yourself in excellent writing from all times and genres. Read the classics. There's a reason why there are books of the 100 great a uh, list of a hundred great works of Western civ. If you didn't read that stuff in school, read it now. There's a reason we still read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then educate yourself in your profession. This is a profession. It's not dependent on how much money you make. It is dependent on treating it like a business, yes, which it is. So learn about your business. There are any number of free uh, conferences, and and teachings online and zoom conferences yes some of them will have a little bit of an ad at the end you're never obligated most of the time you're not obligated to buy there's so there's people of great expertise that you can learn from Mm -hmm. or at least listen to the divide uh the information makes sense to you. Great. If it doesn't, if you keep hearing voices that are saying the same thing, even if you don't like it, then maybe you got to live with it. Mm-hmm. So read, educate, and then um, develop your own writing tool. Yes. Learn to take critique, mm-hmm. take a class, join a writer's group. Uh, just even uh, do NaNoWriMo. And and get hooked up with a a local or a a local online writing community Mm -hmm. and then get to know um, the business side, the daily realities of a writer's life, which is you're usually working on at least three books at a time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've got you've you've finished a book and it's on the publication trail. Now you've got to write all the marketing copy back of book. Um, synopses for various outlets you need Mm -hmm. to be looking at at um, getting it reviewed getting uh, podcasts thank you very much (laughs) to to wonderful people who help writers do that then there's the book the draft that you're actually actively writing Mm -hmm. okay you're doing that at the same time and then you're looking at the next book right? right and uh how does that fit in my overall uh brand story arcs mm-hmm. how am i going to market that and you're reading uh you're learning about your genre what is selling in the market what yes. are the trends um i beats seat time mm. you just gotta write yeah and i know that um people are incredibly in, in, impacted with time and you gotta you gotta work your job to keep the lights on. I understand that. But if you writing is a muscle, yeah, I don't believe in writer's block. Um, As a journalist, I can't do that. Uh, Even if I have 30 minutes, I can sit down and do something in 30 minutes. So discipline yourself Mm -hmm. and carve out 30 minutes a day early in the morning, late at night and just write. And you will be amazed that sustained disciplined effort Mm -hmm. Uh, where you'll be in three months, six months, a year. Right. So you you can do all of those things, um, and if you were called to be a writer, then you should do that. But also be realistic about what you want your writing to to be. Mm-hmm. Do you want to aim for publication or is it more a process of self-discovery and maybe the publication is, is, is not your end goal. You may not be able to answer that question now. Right. But um, that, that's the reality uh, of the writing life. People who watch, um, you know, movies about you live in this gorgeous beachside house and you write a book (laughs) and you finish it and they just, send it off and they publish you and oh, the murder she wrote model. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So you write this book at your kitchen table, right? And these people believe this, they don't know you write. So you write it at your kitchen table, you send it off to a publisher and they go, Oh my gosh, where this is fabulous. They publish you. And then they send you on a publicity tour and you stay at these enormous suites at the Plaza. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All expenses paid. (laughs) Right. All over the world and um no no most most things you will do yourself and it's good to know that and cover design is a whole thing it doesn't matter if you like a cover it the cover is for the reader not for the writer it's a great voyage of discovery
0: it really is and it's a growing process yes
1: yes lean into that uh it's very much like um those plate spinning yes acts you'll um Okay. My last thing. And then give up any sense of perfection. Mm, Yes. You can never write the perfect book. I am a victim of that, um, mindset. And it was very freeing for me to accept good enough is good enough for today. Mm -hmm. I can't write the book that I will grow into writing tomorrow. I can't write that today. But if you ever want to publish something, you have to finish that book mm-hmm. to your best ability, finish it and move on. Right. And and so that perfection is an illusion. And anyone who mm-hmm. demands perfection of you is delusional. Right. The Lord doesn't expect perfection from you. That's why Christ died for us.
0: He remembers we're made of dust.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that is that is important because I, that's something I hear a lot of writers say, well, I I haven't got it just right yet, so. You never will. No. no. It's like when people say, Well, I'm waiting for the right time. Ah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Well, guess what, right? Mm. You will never be developed enough. You will never be ready yeah. when God asks you to do something because you're supposed yeah. to lean on him.
1: Yeah. And you won't be blessing if you truly believe this is a gift from God, this is his mission that he's assigned you you won't be serving the people he has lined up for you to serve right. if you don't get it out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause delayed obedience is still disobedience. De- yeah. Like. Who here is severed delayed? So.
0: I'm pretty good. Oh, at yeah, that.
1: I'm good at that. I'm <laughs> real good at that. Yeah.
0: It's, it's an art
1: form almost. Right. <laughs> oh, Now that's a mission field. Right.
0: I'll, uh, oh, 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 I'll wait. I'll wait on that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll yeah. get to that tomorrow. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. It's so true. Oh, I am just as guilty. Call me day after tomorrow and let me know how that works.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll remember to text. I promise. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, but we'd love to hear about your new book and some of your fun projects that you're working on.
1: Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I am uh, working hard on uh, my Christmas release, which is a, um, Cozy Pet Mystery, and it's called A Christmas Stocking. Here's a facsimile oh, of the cover. So cute. This is the second of a four uh, book series called The Cats of Christmas, and they are historical uh, uh, cozy mysteries set in the Regency period of Jane Austen, and, and they take place in various cities in England that I have traveled in extensively and bring you into the picture. And these are novellas, although they're written for adults. uh, That only means sentence structure Mm -hmm. and and vocabulary, you know, length of words. They are very much family friendly. My brand is fatally fun, family friendly, cozy mysteries. And I have readers who say they they read the books with their children or grandchildren. So may I read you the back cover? Of Of course. I'd love to hear it. Okay. So... Uh, old secrets have claws and effects. <laughs> there, there is a pun there. Cat, cat lovers get it. Uh, a soldier presumed dead seeks to return home. A spinster dreams of a second chance at love. A girl who hit a pregnancy longs to reclaim her child. Three Christmas visitors return to the place where old lies and deadly secrets changed their lives on another Christmas long ago. A stray cat with a special gift breathes new life into a home for old soldiers until his curious paws dig up things better left buried, including murder. (laughs) He knows where the bodies are buried. Can he lead his three new human friends to the one who put them there and right some old wrongs before the killer makes this their very last Christmas? So that's uh, Christmas stockings, and that's coming in time for Christmas.
0: Perfect.
1: And then um, I've also got uh, uh, some other uh, projects. I've got the the new middle grade project, which is a three book series, and Esther's Cat. So that's wonderful. Those are coming uh, starting next spring.
0: That's exciting. Now for your new book for that's coming out at Christmas, Mm -hmm. where can our listeners find that?
1: So those are, those will be available both in large print paperback and in ebook and available from uh, Amazon and most of your other uh, major retailers. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's excellent.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you so much for uh, talking with us and it's been a blessing.
1: Well, th- thank you. It's uh, I'm extremely honored, and I appreciate the time. And and um, you know, we we do this because we we serve a Lord who's given us life. Absolutely right. And and he's given us life that we might live it more abundantly. And so yeah. I, I think that's what this is about, isn't it? About about really living that life that he's come to set us free.